Welcome back to another episode of A Quick Time Out. Pumped to have longtime basketball skills trainer Gannon Baker on the podcast today. Not only are you going to get some great practical basketball advice, but you're going to get it from one of the best motivators in our business. Before we get to the interview, I want to thank 323 Sports for sponsoring this episode. If you're in need of sports uniforms, equipment, team spirit wear, there's no one else that I can think of who's better to work with than the guys over at 323 Sports. So you can check out more about what 323 Sports can do for your program at 323sports.com. On to my conversation with Coach Gannon Baker. Joining me today is Coach Gannon Baker, one of the premier skills trainers in the world. Coach, where's the most interesting place you've taught basketball sometime in the last three months? You know, the last three months I've been in China. I don't know if that's interesting. Everybody's kind of hitting China now. But, you know, I would say in my backyard, right at right behind my pool, uh, I have a pro. I have a pro from Dubai in, and I'm showing him, you know, creative, organic ways that he can stay in shape and kind of mix up the, the normal routine of going to a gym, going to a building, going to a structure to get their workouts. So to keep it fresh and creative, I created a uh, – a workout outside in my backyard. So we do a little pool workout. We run some stairs. We do pull-ups and kind of pulling on a tree. We sprint the backyard. We do some uh, basketball shots in the pool. So uh, I would say that's pretty interesting. So this is kind of a great time of year for getting close to the start date for college programs and I've seen some high school programs starting some workouts in some states. So how do your workouts with your players as the season gets closer how do those change? You know, first and foremost, you know, you make sure that their mind is clear, that they, they start from scratch, that there's no thinking about the negatives of last year's season. Um, you know, you never want players to underestimate their talent. So you keep them confident, keep them clear, that you keep that hope curve high. Or if they had a great season, you know, you make sure that, hey, that's that was yesterday. You know, today is the, the moment. It's like, I'm an old school Janet Jackson, whatever you've done for me lately, great song. And he, they have to concentrate on the moment. So keeping them not to overestimate their talent, you know, to, to keep them hungry and humble. And then, you know, offensively, just make sure that they're ready uh, for their coach's system, getting game shots from game spots, getting different, uh, you know, angles on the court that they're going to play from. You know, some of these guys know their roles, and if they do, we, we kind of perform the workouts according to what whatever their coach's role for them is going to be. So if they're a pick-and-pop guy, you know, we're certainly not going to do a lot of reps rolling. And if their coach doesn't really allow them to shoot floaters off one foot, which, you know, some, some coaches don't allow a mid-range jump shot. Some coaches don't like one-foot floaters. You know, we make sure we don't do a lot of those. And we, and we hit their uh, – we give them repetitions on what they're going to use during the, during the season. You've been doing this a while now. Talk to me about trends and skill development. Maybe what are some constants that you've seen? What are some fads? And what are some things that we're maybe just playing wasting time on? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I've, I've, I'm going into my 20th year. And I think the one thing that hasn't changed is, you know, guys have to work on their game. Uh, fundamentals was important when the cavemen were playing against the dinosaurs, so to speak. <laughs> Um, it's, it's one of the things that I think one of the greatest, maybe first greatest coaches to ever uh, get on the market out there is John Wooden. You know, so fundamentals, the importance of it hasn't changed. The importance of working out on your own, uh, you're working on passing, working on catching, working on getting open, working on shooting. 
the importance hadn't changed. What has changed is the popularity of the player development coach. When I first started in 2000, you know, there just wasn't a lot of them. But but then again, social media wasn't around. So, you know, we only knew what we saw. Then YouTube came out, then the internet came out, and, you know, more and more popularity became evident with skill trainers. So now everybody has a trainer. Everybody has a player development coach from the pros down to sixth, sixth graders. So that, that's a good thing. Bad thing is uh, in our industry, it's not re- well respected. Uh, the, the reputation that AAU coaches got and, and some still have is hurting the game. You know, skill, skill trainers now have that reputation because a lot of them aren't professional. A lot of them are incompetent. A lot of them don't bring their energy. So the NCAA, FIBA, organiz- high school organizations, NABC, people like that don't really respect our industry and actually are, are you know, trying to discourage players from training with uh, skill development coaches. And the NBA probably won't admit that, but if they had their, you know, choice, they wouldn't allow their players to work with anybody outside their organization. So, you know, that's good and bad. Any any uh, any heat on, on anything is good. And so, you know, you need to bring it to the surface that all right, our industry does need help. You know, as far as training, the FADs, what, what, what you have seen over the years is there's more disruptors or resources in workouts to the point where it's, it's almost become comical. you got NBA guys now doing Saturday Night Live skits on social media with uh, cones and med balls and paddles and chairs and hula hoops and tennis balls. And so I think um, to, to make up for some coaches' lack of ability to teach and connect and and competency, you know, they bring in chairs, they, they keep players real, real active, and they get players real, real tired, and they equate that to, man, that's a good workout. And, and some players feel like, man, I got a great sweat, I got a great workout. You know, that was an unbelievable session, which, and that's only part of it. You know, uh, the real meaning behind a workout is that you leave better than you were before. You, you, you're a changed person. You, you've you, you have more information, you have more knowledge, and you're getting reps on the right things um, instead of just getting a sweat. So that, that's a, I mean, that one question we could talk about for, for months that you just asked. So that was, that was pretty loaded. As the game has evolved, what are you seeing that are absolutes for skill development? That's a great question. I think one absolute is, and it's probably, you know, it's my opinion, is that you have, you know, everybody is is teaching everybody how to create with the dribble. However, you know, un- unless you really have a good teacher, you know, that a lot of guys out there can can dribble, but they can't drive. You know, they can bounce, they can play off the bounce, but they can't create space for their teammates uh, or or themselves. So, you know, that that's something that's a staple that that at every every level the game has become all about pace and space, meaning if you have space and you can play fast and learn how to change speeds as a as an offensive team, um, you know, more teams are switching now. More teams are, are versatile. You know, guys are athletic, strong, quick. You got players that can guard one through five. So the ability to uh, get to the paint, you know, Billy Donovan calls it paint touches. And when you get to the paint, four things happen. You're either going to get fouled. You're going to get a closer shot to the basket, which equates to higher field goal percentage. You're going to you're going to draw two to the ball. And when you draw two to the ball, you have receivers 
or if you shoot it quick, you know, Larry Brown, Allen Iverson rule, hey, Allen, if you get to the lane, get it up quick, let our bigs do the job of offensive rebounding because, you know, you two two are always going to play one in the paint. Um, you know, that's, that's become a huge emphasis. And so the mid-range jumper uh, is trickling down from the NBA to colleges. I don't know if it's yet hit hit in general to the masses in high school, but there are some high school coaches that I've talked to around the country. I've been to 47 states, uh, 47 countries, and a lot of high school teams are, are negating that mid-range jumper, which I disagree with, but it's not wrong. I mean, there's a way, many ways to win. And so you're seeing, you know, the ability to get to the paint with the dribble become more prevalent, and then the ability to shoot the three. However, at the grassroots levels, you know, number one, you got to teach the kid the right the right way to shoot and then got to earn the right to you know shoot a three he's got to be able to be successful from the in and out so fundamentally i would say the three and ability to create with a dribble are, are two of the most popular skills now that you know you got to be able to shoot and you got to be able to, to handle the ball and as far as an offensive system you'll see more pick and roll come down to the high school level it's really prevalent in the nba level obviously about 90 pick and rolls are set a game on average in college you see that and then, uh, you know, two guard fronts. Instead of always having a one player at the top of the key and two wings and two corners, you're seeing two slots. It's called, you know, the, the space between the wing and the top of the key. You're having two guard fronts, two slots, two corners. And then the other guy can be anywhere. It belongs to your space between. And that really opens up the middle. It really opens up driving angles. It spaces the floor. It allows you know, three players to always be in a play. And from an offensive set, whether you're playing zone or man, you're, you're going to see that two guard, you know, front trickle down to more colleges. And, and, and I, I would like to see it trickle down to high schools. I think high schools should go to two guard fronts. It's easier to play. And then when they need a bucket, you know, go to a middle pick and roll. So uh, middle pick and roll is probably one of the best things you can run in high school to get a bucket outside of a dominant player or, a good fast breaking team. Time is always at a premium for coaches and it seems like we're always trying to figure out how to make sure that we're incorporating skill development in what we're doing, but also kind of giving attention to those team concepts, whether it's plays or defensive systems. Do those two things have to be mutually exclusive? No, no. I mean, to me, it, it's easy. You know, you can work on uh, fundamentals along with the team's concepts. I call it multi-skill multitask drills for example you know you can you can work on your you know think about this tony you can work on your driving you can work on your finishing or shooting you can work on your team action you can work on your passing you can work on your decision making you can work on your communication that's six things in one drill and that could be a two on o or a three on o now the key is when you go three on o two on o either a player, a manager, or a coach. Usually, you know, I'm always by myself, or if I have a coach, he's at the other end because we always want to get kids reps. So we, we you know, if we, if we have six players, man, we'll go three players to a basket, you know, more reps, more efficient time. But that, that player, that manager, that coach, if he has three players out there, right, he has three balls. So you go three on them. It might be a driving kick. It might be a uh, horns action with the strong side corner, hit the elbow, you know, come off for a handoff or hit the elbow, fake the handoff, wide pin in that corner, whatever it is, right? And so they have to make two passes, three passes. You can have fun with it. 
So after they make their action and make their pass, they, you know, whoever has the ball gets a shot. Now it's two on up, right? Now it might be two, you know, post penetration, ball side post, wing post. It might be middle pick and roll with the, whatever, driving kick. Now they go two on up. And as a coach, you can add a defender, right? Or you can defend one guy where he's got to make the read of the pass or a shot. Or you can throw the ball, right, to the other guy that he's playing with and, if, if he has the ball, then that guy that with the ball throws it to the coach. Again, it's hard to explain unless you see it. I do a lot of clinics like that. But you go two on up. Guy gets a shot. Now you go one on up, right, with the coach. It might be a DHO, which is a dribble handoff, or it might be a burn cut, which is a, I'll drive as a coach, or that player, whoever that assistant is, drives as a coach. And wherever that player is on the weak side, he backdoors because his man turns his head on the ball. NBA calls that a burn cut. All it is is a spot-up guy backdoors instead of just spotting up. But And then you can go four on up. And, you know, a coach hosts, you know, three balls at half court or however you want to place the balls. But And the seventh thing they get, man, is, is conditioning because if they don't make three in a row, if they don't make two in a row, right, Whoever, whatever the play, four players out there, each player doesn't make their shot, then they got to run two sprints. And so it's really phenomenal. Um, I was easy to me because this is what I do and this is, this is all I think about. But uh, it, it, you can really incorporate, you know, team actions and systems, no defense, you know, and then skill development. So great question. You've got a ton of stuff online and, and at your website as well. I think coaches, you can kind of talk a little about that where they can find that a little bit later on. I've seen you in person, and I've also watched things that you've done online. One of the things that separates you from others is that you are a master teacher. And so the things that you just walked us through and talked us through, there are coaches who are already doing that, but I don't know that they're able to explain or teach it the way that you are. Can you just talk a little bit about that aspect of teaching, just the role that teaching plays and how much you do it while they're actually practicing the skills? and how important it is to the overall effectiveness of who you are and the ability that you have to actually develop players. Yeah, Tony, that's a great question. I mean, activity does not equal success. You know, John Wooden, Pat Summit. Basically, man, you know, my parents were teachers. My dad became a principal. I, I have a master's in kinesiology, undergrad in math and physical education. So I had to take, you know, education courses. Uh, I grew up as a player at five star and that was my summer job as a college player as a college coach and then as a guest speaker you know so i was able to be mentored you know by Hubie brown once a week and rick patino actually worked the camp and you know bob hill and jerry wainwright mike fratello stan van gundy like these guys would visit for a day and would let us walk around with them have lunch with them watch them speak uh you know uh, the ground round in Pittsburgh, have dinner with them late night, two in the morning. And then Garf would give you a, a station and then you could teach and, and figure out what. So I, I've had reps, uh, you know, millions and millions of reps as a teacher. So I appreciate the uh, kind words. I feel sorry for these guys that don't even know that they need reps before they go teach a drill, that they need to master being a teacher before they actually be run a business as a skill coach. But uh, the most important thing is is the why is why if you know why you're doing it, then in the game you'll know when to do it. So it, it the how is important, but 
before you do you teach the how, you got to teach them the why you're doing it so that they have a buy-in and a ability to retain the information so that when they're in the game, their instincts take over, their habits take over, their reflexes are correct. And so the why on offense for me is always if the defense does this, you do this because here's how to do it. And in the game, you know, you'll know when to do it. And and so in the game, the win is up to them. I don't know when the, they'll be able to use these concepts, but uh, if you rep it as a part and then you add it as a whole in practice, uh, your job is done as a coach. You can't control the kid's effort uh, or, or decisions in the game. You just hope that you've created that environment in practice. So I appreciate that. A lot of my drills now uh, are – decision-making drills, you know, teaching kids, all right, this is when you drive, this is what you do when the defender cuts you off, when the defender's closing you out, here are your four options. When you get to this spot uh, on a pick and roll, here are your four options. And it's it's bullet point teaching I got from one of my mentors, uh, Kevin Eastman, he's a master at it, and I kind of bullet point teach. And, to, you know, to get a player's body to do something, you got to get to his mind first. You know, if your body wants success, mm-hmm. your mind has to get there first. So it's all about information before that realization. And we have a great curriculum online on my website, GannonBakerBasketball.com. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. Uh, if you Google me, uh, because of the body of work that I have, I'm pretty easy to find. And we have a free mentorship for coaches that just want to uh, get better and learn. If they want to uh, raise their game to another level, you know, they can purchase the curriculum. We give away a lot of free drills anyway. Or they can uh, come see me or hire me to mentor them for a few days to a week. I also do a lot of player workouts, and that's a good way to kill two birds with one stone. I'll go work out a team, and then I'll help and consult with the coach as well. That's been really successful for me, and I enjoy that. Before I let you go, you're a high-energy guy. You're a great motivator. So motivate us coaches just for a few minutes here. If you could give, like, one motivating word to a group of coaches, what would it be? You know, that's a great question. I, I think, you know, two things that came to me today, I'm a Christian and I really rely on, on you know, a spirit, something that can really uh, impact me, but it's what God wants me to do every day. And so, you know, two words that he gave me today was, you know, respect and uh, fear. And so, you know, when I say fear is so many young, and it comes down, it's usually young coaches because they don't have the body of work. They can't say, well, I trained LeBron and this is what, you know, Kevin Eastman did when I visited him. Like they don't have that proof of concept yet. They don't have that reference point. And I remember clear as day, I I didn't really have a reference point either when I started coaching because nobody believed in it. But I, I, I wasn't afraid of fear. My work ethic, my study, if I was working hard and I prepared myself mentally and physically to be a coach. Truth doesn't have any fear because the truth will set people free. The truth is your reference point. If what you know what you're teaching is right, who cares whether you're an elementary coach or you're Greg Popovich, right? People want the truth. They need the truth. Sometimes they can't handle the truth, Jack Nicholson, you good men, but it's something that's going to allow you to continue moving forward. And fear finds us all. Two of the most Common human motions are fear and laziness. And those are two things that as coaches, we have to fight laziness because it's the same. We're going to have more practices in games. We're going to get ridiculed more than we are raised up. 
it's just human nature and coaching. You know, I mean, heck, LeBron, as great as he is, he's getting killed right now. Kevin Durant, as great as he is, like you can't. It's amazing how people find energy from hating. Just read this internet for, you know, fifty seconds. And so you have to find a way to continue to to fight laziness and 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 and, and fight fatigue and just find ways to motivate yourself and and, and create joy through the journey so you got to get fired up with practice attack practice like you would a game i hear a lot of coaches man i can't wait for the game tonight well that's cool but you should also have that childlike joy can't wait for practice today because this is the practice that i can change a person's life this is the practice that we can change our season this drill is going to set the tone and and put us on a three-game winning streak hey man we've had a losing season but we win this tournament in three days everybody forgets what happened the last three months like that you know, to me, God has put an unbelievable power of faith in you to combat that fear, okay? And you have the ability to change your life in an hour, in an instant. Something you read could click. And so I, I believe words have power. Words bring life and death. And and so, you know, coaches, don't get afraid today to try something new. Or don't. But the new has to be taught in truth. Don't be afraid to tell the truth today, but the truth has to be uh, told in love. It has to be told with humor. Uh, it has to be told with connectiveness. Biggest thing I think coaches need to work on is finding the truth. What's a great way to teach? What's a great way to connect? What's a great way to have energy? What's a great way to organize your practice? Like I don't have all the answers. There's many, many private coaches out there that do what I do. And so if you can just develop your own curriculum, your own philosophy, you know, package it with the truth, package it with passion and you, and you overcome fear and laziness two things that'll kill your your game your destiny your program you'll you'll kill them every day it's a daily battle just really quickly if you haven't heard yet about anchor it is the easiest way to make a podcast it's free there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer anchor will even distribute your podcast to spotify and apple podcasts and other platforms so your show actually gets heard you can even make money from your podcast, no matter the size of your audience. It really is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That'll do it for this episode. Be sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already and share the podcast with your coaching friends to help us grow the game. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again at the next time out.